Hey, oh, let them know in the comments. Let them know in the comments that Auto Pizza is bomb. Massachusetts people show up for you, girl. <laughs> First of all, it's Maine people because <laughs> you ain't even like, repping your people. You repping Maine people. That's number New one. New England. New England. It's True. a region. Welcome back to your favorite podcast. My name is Alyssa David. We have your co-host Marvin Castillo. Marvin, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? Welcome back. Welcome back. And today we are bringing you another episode of season two. This is episode three. Wow. I'm excited. Marvin, are you excited? Super excited. I can't wait. I got a, I got a couple of things I want to talk to you about today, Marvin, before we get started. Okay. Um, number one is is the big one. You live in New York City. I'm originally from New York City. Right. Um, some crazy things happened on the subway this week. Wanna oh, wanna yes, talk about did. that a little bit? Um, I mean, obviously we all know uh what happened and uh this it, it's um it, it literally is like I feel like I'm gonna be describing a movie scene. I feel like I'm talking about like a joker scene or something like that. It's almost Yeah, like, yeah. So take us through the bizarre. scene. Take us to the scene a little bit for maybe those who live under a rock and don't necessarily watch the news. Or maybe they're so far removed from New York City that they're like, I, right. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I believe this one the Tuesday morning, uh, 8.30 a.m. Um, thankfully, you know, me and my wife was home. We weren't on the way to work or anything. Um. So, yeah. So uh, in Brooklyn, there was this man, I believe 60-something-year-old, who basically was in a train dressed up uh he basically looked like uh, he was a mta worker and he had like this little briefcase with him yeah. you know it looked like he was getting ready to work long story short um being in a train he pulls out a gun um he lets basically like a smoke you know gas grenade off in a train and he randomly just starts shooting at people and uh, luckily, his gun actually jammed on him. Uh, they got to the next stop. You know, all you see, th and this is all based of what I guess we've seen in the news and videos and photos and the descriptions and everything. And uh, basically, you, there's this like viral video going around where you see somebody in the cart next to, you know, where everything actually happened. Doors opened up. You see people running, screaming. Um, literally just smoke coming out and some people are throwing themselves on the floor within seconds. You just start seeing blood being like, you know, just scattered all over the floor. It literally is like a movie scene and, uh, nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows, you know, where did the guy go? What's going on? And it turned out that it was this man who basically almost, uh, I guess you could call it a, a terror, a terror attack, right? Like a terrorist attack. And, um, yeah, this happened at eight thirty in the morning, um, and yeah. it didn't until Wednesday, until yesterday. Oh no, when? Oh yeah, yesterday, Wednesday. Uh, he he got caught. Um, yeah, I heard walking around the. the he was Manhattan, in McDonald's. Like nothing. Yeah, it's it's people were giving tips and it's like, yo, I seen him here, I seen him there. Uh, apparently, he was in McDonald's, so you know, he. Then I also heard he called to give himself in. And was like, yo, I'm in McDonald's. You know, you who you this is you know, you're looking for me. When they got there, he wasn't there, but they ended up catching him a few blocks away. And so now we're just awaiting to see what's gonna happen, why it happened. Hopefully, um, 
you know, he called other... in like, like, like as a like almost like taunting them. Um, or was he actually I wanting w- to give himself up? I'm not sure. You know? Um, okay. from what I read, it's it's they said that he didn't resist. Um, hmm. I I don't think he would have wanted to. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he had it 50 deep, getting ready to arrest him. You know, when somebody big like that, they definitely real deep. So. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. not sure if it was taunting because, you know, they got to McDonald's. Apparently he called, he was like, I'm to McDonald's, whatever. And when they got there, he wasn't there. So it could have been like a taunting, a game. I'm not sure. But yeah, a few blocks later, people kept calling that, you know, they found him here. They seen him on this block, on this street. And uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It was crazy um, to hear. But I'll say as someone who obviously takes the train and um, every day to work, it's you could feel the tension. Um, just, it's like everybody's looking at everybody, everybody's eyeing everybody, you know, everybody's uncomfortable. There's already, there was already a lot going on in the city. There's literally like the crime has gone up like 70%. Yeah. Um, and it's getting insane. Um, and then after this, it's sort of like, you just, you know, while you're on a train, it's sort of like you're uncomfortable and you're just like watching your back and your sides and looking at everybody, making sure you got everything. And once you get to your destination, you're like, to take a breather, but uh, New York is definitely getting crazy, and this week was uh, one for the books. Obviously, it's gonna be in history, I would think. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty freaking insane. I remember getting to work on Tuesday morning, and I believe it was it was Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I got to work, and um, someone someone messaged. Um, not message, excuse me. Someone said something at my job. Like they just said something like flippantly. And I, mm. I didn't think anything of it. It's New York City, you know, things right. happen all the time. So I didn't really think anything of it. Um, and then I think later on I got a text and someone had said something, sent like an article. I'm like, mm. okay, maybe this is bigger than I thought. You know, I, I didn't fully understand it. And I mean, that's more on me. I feel like kind of when you hear news, it's kind of ingrained in you if you grew up that way where you're just like all right it is what it is like it happens but then i kind of like and then i heard brooklyn um and i have family in brooklyn i didn't necessarily know like what part of brooklyn or anything like that um and i also you just never know where people are traveling to like i have a cousin who lives on one side of brooklyn but she'd be you know all the other side of new york in like an hour and i'm like yo what are you doing there and she just has friends there you know what i'm saying like that's just how new york functions um People are definitely all over the place. You could live in the Bronx, but work in the city, but go to church in Queens. Like you just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just I reached out to as many people as I knew who had family there, um, and who were living there. And luckily, I don't know anyone personally from in my family or in friends or anything like that that you know have gotten ha- have been affected by this but it is a crazy story to think of i can't imagine having to take the train right now as a new yorker and being like yeah i'm just gonna get on the train and and you know go to work the next day or even that night you know what i'm saying pretty yeah. scary i talked to somebody and they said that that actual train stop was the train stop that their family takes wow. on their way to work and luckily they didn't go to work that morning um i wow. spoke to someone else and they said luckily their husband drove into work that morning um, I know somebody else who luckily said, you know, like their dad didn't go to work. So it's just like, it's so many possibilities, so many possibilities. And I remember my coworker saying like, that's just so scary to me that like one decision could change everything. Mm-hmm. But I also remember telling her like, also like, 
yeah, that is scary. But then you also see like God's hand in it because yeah. all those people could have been on that train, could have been in that cart, could have been on that subway yeah. station. Like just crazy, crazy, crazy. Even so, the people that were there. I mean, yeah, no one, no one died. Like there hasn't yeah, been one exactly. death. I mean, obviously exactly. there's hospitalized and everything. And I mean, honestly, even though no one has died, I'm sure the trauma that people are going to, that ha- you know, went through and the therapy that a lot of those people are going to need to even want to step outside their house again. I mean, like I said, New York is crazy in general right now. Yeah. So I can imagine being in an incident like that. The fact that the guy's gun jammed, like that's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, it's insane. It's insane. It's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, like we're really living in like Batman times. Like it's really got them out here. It's really, really crazy. It's scary. Yeah. Scary times, but I, I know that was probably a, a pretty, you know, very, <laughs> heavy start. I, I did not know you yeah, were start like that. To the podcast, but yeah. I feel like we couldn't just like bypass it either. Like it's right. very relevant. It's right. a lot of the people that listen to us are also in New York City, so this is affecting people that we know, people that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I just felt like we couldn't bypass it, so I felt like we had right. to start with it. But I mean, I'm sorry for those who were hoping to laugh today or something like that. We will we will have some of that. Right, in a little right. bit but i did want to bring that up but you know the person that we have on today they actually gave me a little bit of a heart attack i'm not gonna lie to you they know that i have anxiety and they actually they were in the group chat where we got the message and i know that they have family in new york and they just didn't respond and you know sometimes mm. when people just don't respond that's like bad news like it's like right you know and so i had to call them and then they didn't answer my call they were in class and then um i called the, they finally called me back and they're like, oh yeah, my family's fine. Like, like nothing. Like, so nonchalant. Um, so this person obviously is is you know they didn't they didn't care about my feelings or anybody else's right. feelings in the group chat. They just didn't answer. And like that could be bad news. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh something happened. Bad news. But luckily their family's good. Luckily their family's fine. But that being said, I want to introduce you guys uh, to someone who who's dear to my heart on this podcast. Um, this is the modern day Rosa Parks, modern day Harriet Tubman. The people love and adore her. Uh, I would dare say the Michelle Obama of today. Um, wow. She's changing the lives of students one mentee at a time. She's the theologian, the future pastor, the MDiv, woman of the hour. Let me present to you Alexis Monroe, ladies and gentlemen. What an introduction. <laughs> wow. On. Wow. I Come don't on. know that ever in my life I will get anything better than that. So I'm going to cherish this moment. I don't think you can. I mean, I called you Rosa Parks. I called you Harriet Tubman, Michelle Obama. I mean, she changed kids' lives. That's top tier. like Top tier stuff right there. I got stuff to live up to after this podcast. This very <laughs> moment has called you me very into. much so do. <laughs> I just gave you a lot of black woman magic right you there. Did. So there's a lot to live up to, but I believe that you can do it. I receive it. I receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. <laughs> well, Alexis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. You know, somehow the nerves are a little, a little present, which is wild because I be talking for you all the time. Yeah, I know. Wow, I'm pretty I sure know. we had a conversation where you said you wanted to have a podcast. Yeah, I know. So I don't know if I was on the other side of it, then I would be like chilling. But right now, you know, mm. Marvin, nerves is a little you, nerving. Do you get nervous, Marvin? Like when we have guests on? Um, for like the first couple of minutes, and then once we start. Like, all right, this is going to do, you know, opening yeah. it's, it's I kind of like settle right in real fast. 
Yeah, there is one guest that we had on that I was nervous, and I, we talked about it after. And Marvin was like, "Yeah, I definitely didn't notice that. Like, I just wasn't myself." And I mean, I hate that in the end. I don't know why I was so nervous, but I was shook, Daddy. Intimidating. Like, Intimidating. I was scared. I don't know shook why. It. Yeah, I, don't I was know shook. Why either. Yeah. Uh, and the person exactly, was probably the chillest person too. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. There was nothing. Not not in a bad way. It's just no reason to be intimidated. But yeah. No. I yeah, mean, they were just. I chill. saw that you were like. Uh, yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah i mean i guess i don't know i don't know what it was but i mean hey the podcast went on and um we talked about yeah. it after like i was like yo i was pretty nervous and marvel was like i i i saw that i saw that you should have sent me a little message on the side like yo like you okay like, yeah take you a good? breather yeah. <laughs> take a breather yeah i don't really know what it was but yeah but alexis we're excited to have i'm actually i'm this is, I mean, I'm excited for every podcast, but I'm super excited for this podcast because, yo, I'm excited Rosa Parks, for an introduction like Harry, that. I'm, I Man. know Harriet Tubman. I mean, I was like, oh, I, okay, I need to, I need to know more about Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, serious. You're 100 percent killing it in everything that you do. I mean, you do so much, and I've told you this before, but every time I leave a conversation with you, I feel like my brain is stimulated. Um, I feel like I'm closer to my roots as a black woman. Like there's just so much that you do from conversation and the people are going to get a little bit of that today. Um, and I'm talking her up. So you really do have to live up to this. So don't let your nerves get to you. I'm, no I'm going to have to talk. I'm going I'm to talk. I'm going to dig deep into my brain and talk. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise him. All right. Well, I, you've listened to the podcast. I have indeed. I have avid fan, avid fan. Ooh, from Harriet Tubman herself. From Harriet, Harriet Tubman. I am releasing the people and telling them to listen to Ann Clueless. That Come those on. are steps one That's and step huge. two. That's Come huge. on, somebody. Come on. So you know how we start the podcast, and that's with rapid fire. I'm aware. I'm aware. Ready? Uh, I don't know. Aware? Yes. No, no. You got to be ready. You got to be ready. Take a deep, take a deep breath. Breathe deep in. Breath. Breathe out. All those people you, you mentioned, they was ready. You got to They be ready. was ready. That's true. I'm a channel them. They was ready. So here we go. Um, I, I feel like there needs to be a countdown or something, but we don't have a countdown. Maybe we should get a countdown, like a little. Good idea, yeah. Three, two, the one. The birth of the countdown. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is the birth of the countdown right here. Um, but here it is. Um, whenever you're ready, you let me know, and we'll, we'll get started. I mean, David did do a really good job of being rapid. I heard, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to beat him, though. It's okay. I'm going to beat him. Okay. okay. See, I like this right here. This, this gets like me excited. This. Yeah. I like this. All right. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Let's do this. If you could have, if you could only have a wedding or only have a honeymoon, which one are you picking? Honeymoon all day. Okay. Who knows the most secrets about you? Crystal Herb. What's a telltale sign that you're upset? I'm not talking. Okay, if you could only if it, you had to have your last meal here on earth, what would it be? My mac and cheese. Oh, okay. <laughs> Most <laughs> treasured possession. Ooh. Ah, rapid. Uh, treasured necklace for my sister. Okay. If you had to get rid of one food on the earth, what would it be? Oh. Beets. Okay. What's your favorite restaurant? Chick-fil-A. Ooh, first song that comes to your head right now. Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson. Okay. If you could move to a new state, had to pack up and go right now, where would you go? Arizona. If you could make up a new holiday, what would it be? My half birthday. 
<laughs> okay, okay. That was 10. But I'm going to wow. give you a one. I'm going to give you a little yep. bonus one. Here for it. The state that has the best pizza. <laughs> I can't answer this rapidly because this is a loaded question. No, um, no, no, but no, I'll, no. I'll give New York its due. New York. Thank you. Thank you. For those ladies and gentlemen, for those who are wondering what just happened there, um, I did have a conversation with Alexis. New York City people get ready to fight. She did say that she thought that Maine pizza was on the same level as New York City pizza. These words did come out of my mouth, and I stand by the words wow. I said. I haven't had Maine pizza, but it's it's an experience. It's an experience. It's an experience that doesn't live up to the New York City experience. <laughs> it's a different experience, but both I feel like are top notch experiences. So I'll say I'll ask a question, right? I haven't I, I haven't had pizza from Maine. Yep. Break that down for me. What what's so great about it? What's so what's the experience like? Oh Marvin, you can't get this. Get this. Where's the pizza <laughs> from? Where's the pizza from? It's this place called Auto. Yes. Wait, is it a chain? It is, yes. Disrespect. It is a chain. Disrespect. So it's, it's like I saying would... Domino's kind of? No, 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 no. Chain. That's what I got from it. It's a chain, right? So it's, it's a better chain than Domino's. I don't even eat Domino's. So like Wow. But the consistency across the chains, I will say, is very good. It's more of a um I wouldn't say bougie palette, but a little more elevated than the, just your cheese. And it's a good experience. I feel like New York, I go, I get a nice little slice. It's like greasy, cheesy goodness. I stood in the line for, you know, depending on how long, where I am, a little while. Both are experiences, and I treasure both. I'll stand by that. I I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, right? I'll say for when, you know, when this episode comes out on the comments, I definitely want to hear your thoughts. What you think? What do you think is the best pizza? Maybe it's somewhere else, which I'm going to disagree with. But hey, oh, let them know in the comments. Let them know in the comments that Auto Pizza is bomb. Massachusetts people show up for you, girl. <laughs> First of all, it's Maine people because you ain't even <laughs> repping your people. You repping Maine people. That's number New one. New England. New England. It's two, a region. Two. I I assure you that. No one is saying Maine pizza is better than New York City, except for you. Number three, <laughs> if you say Chicago in the comments, you're getting kicked out. This is just not happening. You know, um, this. the sad part is that my own mother is going to be commenting New York. My mom's from Rochester, grew up in um, the Bronx. So she's definitely going to yeah. post this. And she's going to say it's like the time that I said she doesn't wash her chicken. And then my friends called her and then she um, made me a liar. So there you Your go. Your mom, mom doesn't wash her chicken? I said that she didn't because I had never seen her wash her chicken, and then they made me FaceTime her, and she was like, "Alexis, yeah. I washed my chicken," and I was like, "Yeah, well, I mean, what do I do now?" Black people and Hispanic <laughs> people wash their chicken. Um, shout I'm out gonna, to moms. Yeah, shout out to moms. I'm not gonna say anything too crazy, but I have been around some families that don't wash their chicken, um, oh. and it's a it's a thing though. Like it's like they don't like. There's a group of people out there. A seg- I'm sure there's a Facebook group about it of moms that don't wash their chicken like they think salmonella is going to spread more easily because of it. That's crazy. Um, I grew up, I've never had salmonella in my life, or at least I've never known that I've had it. And my mom washes her chicken. So shout out to moms who wash their chicken. Who shout wash their chicken? All the exactly. Chicken washers. All the chicken washers. There's, please make a Facebook group called Chicken Washers. Please, please, and add me, please. 
Okay. Well, this is this. See, this is fun already. Look at Harriet Tubman now doing her thing. I'll say this. Um, rapid fire. I don't think anyone has done you killed better that. than this. Yeah, that was. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Thank that's, you. That's that's season one right two champ. People, season people two champ. To, that was that was rapid right there. No, that, that was, was competitive. That was seriously rapid. And I asked some like more deeper ones too. I feel like the fact that we had bonus because we still had time means that that was destroyed. That you I'll killed take the crown. I'll take yep. the crown. We give it Great to job. you. Episode four, whoever you are, come at me. Rapper fire champion right now. There you go. There you go. Well, Alexis, like I said, so much that you do that you're a part of. Um, how about we do this? How about you give us a little background of where you're from, where you went to school? Because I feel like that's a pivotal role in who you are as a human being. Um and then we'll take it from there. So where are you from? Where'd you live? All that good stuff. All right. Um, I've been up and down the East Coast. So grew up in Baltimore till I was 10. So shout out to Be More, the chicken box, Lexington Market. Um, then moved okay. to ATL, was in the suburbs of ATL. I have to add that caveat because people from Atlanta will be like, ah, what part did you live in? Yes, northern suburbs of Atlanta. Um, okay. But formative years and then made my way up to yeah up from georgia south carolina to go to university of south carolina go gamecocks um truly an experience i top five things for me looking for a college number three was a good football team university of south carolina had that when i entered i cannot say that we were at our peak when i graduated but nonetheless the the collegiate experience of sec football is top notch okay okay um, what what did you uh, do in college? I, I almost did it again. I was going to be disrespectful. But for all of you down in South, uh, I've been learning the rules of what you guys have when it comes to fraternities and sororities. And so I'll be respectful. So Alexis, um, yo, go ahead and rep your people real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to my sorors of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. That is the sorority I pledged into in undergrad. So amazing group of black women doing amazing things across this country. Like I say, if you've seen any powerful black woman, it's very likely that she's in a sorority. There's like- Harriet Tubman? Mad um, we weren't around back then. <laughs> um, but uh, I like to believe Harriet would have been a Delta. Nah, we wasn't. Nineteen thirteen, nineteen thirteen. I mean, Rosa. Yeah, we was around with Rosa, but Rosa was like busy organizing, so she didn't really have time to be like stepping and all that. But um, she was too busy, you know, sin for her people. Yes, yes, yes. But we got we got mad people, and of course, all of their names are leaving my head in this very moment. But Google us. We got we got reputable people out here. What what is it again? Say the name again. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. That's a DST. That's a DST all day. Ah, uh, I know my uh, Greek letters. Oh, I almost they... said Roman. <laughs> they would have flamed me. They would have flamed me. I almost said Roman, but I said Greek. But can you give Marvin a little like uh, insight on on the politics that you gave me? The understanding of everything that you guys do in in order to be into a sorority or a fraternity? Because I want to give some context here. I didn't know the all the ins and outs of like what really goes into like becoming a part of a sorority i thought you just and i mean this with all the respect in the world data sigma oh i just said the wrong thing delta <laughs> sigma theta please don't kill me like please don't i mean it's for all the respect in the world but i thought you did a couple steps i thought you you know you did your thing you pledged you went through uh what's that called um 
pledge week, if you will? Is it week, month? How long is it? D- depends on where it is. That's that's okay. the other sororities, but yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, see, right. like I thought you went through that, and then that was it. But there's there's some politics involved in this. If you didn't know, Marvin, you're about to get educated. Yeah, I'll give you all the things that are available on the World Wide Web. Um, yes. So it's it's more than just like yeah, going through a pledge week. Like there are some sororities where like you come into undergrad you decide like which few you want to be in and then you go and you visit all these houses and you think you see if you like are compatible but that is not how historically black sororities and fraternities function it's a process of you volunteering you being a leader on your campus you having a good enough gpa to be in it and then you applying and seeing if you get in it's a lot about like do you mess with the people on campus are you about those values, like my sorority, financial fortitude, supporting HIV and AIDS work, um, being a global citizen, all those things are what we're about. And those are things that I'm already thinking about doing in my life. So it's about, okay, what are you looking to do in your life and what sorority or fraternity, if you're a guy, aligns with that? Um, And then you go through a process of like learning the history, meeting your people. So I have 25 line sisters, there's 26 keys in total, shout out to the keys. but those are 25 people that I can at any time call up, ask for anything. When I go down to the South, I'm not looking for a hotel because I know I'm about to sleep on one of their couches or, you know, right next to them. We finna cuddle up because, you know, that's the sis. So it's it's a lot of deep love and it doesn't end after college for us. So for me, this is a lifelong thing of like volunteering, serving, mentoring. They finna be my sisters for life. My mom is going on a trip with her line sisters of like what 20 30 something years and they're going on vacation this year so like it run deep it run real politics oh my gosh when i learned about this i was like what the heck i i I messed up (laughs) i messed up i should have joined one um how many how many community service hours did you need to have in order to, to join uh depends on the school i think mine was at least like 100 or so so like it depends on what year um and like different schools have different regulations and stuff like that but like you have to be committed to community service this isn't something that you're doing just to like look nice and have some like nice letters and step on campus and go to like the best parties like this is about are you already doing that work are you serving the community because like that's what we finna ask you to do once you get in here so and that's crazy i i I had no idea i thought you guys like partied like you guys were the partiers that's what i feel like that's all the movies and shows portray 100 percent. that's absolutely what it shows and i'll say like it's not just black sororities and fraternities like that are doing the volunteering the ones that are it's not historically white but it's called panhellenic um they do a ton of community service hours like march of dimes there's so many like relay for lives that i've been a part of where like the whole greek community just kind of comes together so Shout out to all the Greek life. We out here serving the community and, and trying to make the world a better place. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to you guys. I didn't know wow. that. I didn't Amazing. know that. Um, when I learned that, I was like, dang, this is crazy. Um, I mean, I will say, though, the parties are nice and the stepping was great. So, like, you got to have a look. You don't have to have rhythm, but it helps. Did, it was every, did everyone step in your thing? Um, so, you have what's called a probate, and that's kind of like when you're revealed to society or the general public um as a party of sorority and fraternity so in mine we all did step um so you got to have a little bit of rhythm to get through the probate you're required to step forever after that but in that very moment when you like being revealed to the world you gotta you gotta dig deep if it ain't on the surface for that rhythm and um channel your ancestors and you know stomp stomp get the one two step on that's crazy all i could think of is um one of my favorite movies actually 
um, stomp the yard with like yep. three guys are about to like you know I believe it's like Neo and Columbus show and all they're about to be you know their actual right? names and they're yeah yep. they're doing this thing mm. they're saying what their names are and I literally just thought about that I don't know if that's like respectable it's, yeah, to say but that's what yeah, I yeah, like yeah. That in the video that that I saw. Yeah, um, like mine, we all have masks on until the end and we do our introductions. So like one of the terms is like, I'm the ace, I'm the shortest, I'm the first one in the line. So like I was the ace and went first, but like the whole time I had a mask on and then when it was time to reveal myself, I, did, I gave a little speech about, you know, repping the 404 where I'm from and introduced myself to the world as a Delta. Wow. There you have it. So if you didn't know about fraternity sorority uh, politics, there, there's a little one on one class for you. Uh, if you're in college and you're looking to be a part of one, hey, um, maybe talk to Alexis. She'll, she'll give you the, the inside scoop, especially if you're trying to join Delta Sigma Theta. Yeah, uh, you so know, come correct. But you can come. Come correct. Come, yeah, come, come correct. Come correct. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that's a little bit about that. But you stopped at South Carolina is where you just stopped at. But now you are currently where? Currently living in Boston, Massachusetts, a city I had never visited before I lived in it um, and never imagined coming to. But Crazy. here I am loving this city. And you go where now? I attend Boston University. Oh, my God. Educated. Come on, somebody. Educated. Never, never even thought about going to that school either. Boston is really about a lot of things I never thought I'd be doing. And here I am doing them. Boston is one of the most educated cities in the United States, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, it's like that's that's a very high thing on people's minds over here is education. I mean, you have Harvard for crying out loud. Um, so yeah, very, very big thing here. What are you going to be you for? I'm doing a dual master's in Master of Divinity and Master's of Social Work. So somehow I decided to commit to four more years of school after undergrad. I just didn't get enough of school, clearly. Come on, come on. Wow. But hey, hey, you're killing it. And uh, we're about to dig a little deep into some of the things I'm, that you've been I'm learning. I'm like everybody else who's about to be a guest come correct because yeah, <laughs> that's 100%. true. It's serious stuff over that's here. That's what's up. That's what's up. So you weren't originally going for uh, MDiv? No, this is a recent transition. So, so explain this to us. How did this? How did this take place? Um, well, it started a little bit when it comes to the technicality of credit. So, essentially, I'm fully funded in my theology program, but not in my social work. So, if I take more classes in social work, they like to get the pretty penny of a twenty-five thousand dollar loan that your girl is not trying to pay. Yikes. So in the midst of looking at classes and trying to like work out the whole thing, I was like, okay, I need to take more theology classes. And my dean was like, you're fully funded. You can switch from, I was in the Master's of Theological Studies, which is a two-year um, degree. He was like, you can switch to the Master of Divinity, like stay the extra year. You want to take more theology classes, go ahead and do it. And I was like, I mean, I could technically, but... Then it became this process of like, okay, would I actually want to do MDiv? Because when I came in, I was like, there's no way I'm staying for four years. Like, that's dead. No, not me. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, why don't I actually want to do an MDiv? And God being God was like, you're scared. And I was like, scared of what? I'm Gucci. Not you laughing and at God like saying <laughs> More so laughing at myself. You know, in conversation, you just got to be yourself. And I'll be laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alyssa knows. I'll be laughing at everything. I can't really hold it in. So I'm like, God, what you like? What you mean I'm scared? And the reality was, like, being in this MTS program the first year has been a lot of, like, 
confronting everything that has been the foundation of my life. And that's a lot of what going into seminary, studying any form of like religion or theology is like you get, I went in at least, and I know a lot of my classmates did of like, I want to get a lot of answers. I'm going to come in here to get answers. And you come in and you get slapped in the face with information and all you have is questions. So in yeah. deep, deep down, I was scared to like have to find more questions, have more information and not really know how to navigate that. Um, but the Lord reassured me that like, no matter how deep I go, he'll be with me there. So that was comforting. But I'll tell you, I'm still scared. Like these next two years, Lord Jesus, Lord be with me. Lord be with me because the Bible's complicated. Theology complicated. I'm just trying to live right. But it's a whole lot of information out here in this world. (laughs) Did you feel like the more you digged and the more questions you had, did you feel like it would make you question your faith? Absolutely. There's so many people who like leave seminary, not a part of the faith. And that first semester, I was also in Zoom school. So like the context of it was very like isolating at times of like, I go on to Zoom, listen to a bunch of people who seem a lot smarter than me because they've like done an undergrad in religion or whatever. They talk about all these things, know all these words that I'm like Googling while they're saying it. And then I'm like, we just talked about all the things that I thought I learned in Bible study and they just turned it on its head. So I would literally jump into my bed and take a nap and then just try again the next day. So the context of like starting seminary was difficult. And I feel like anyone, you just come up with those questions and you're like, am I going to make it through this? Like nobody's necessarily asking me these questions in the church. So how am I even going to make it out um, when my school was like telling me to think critically about every other word in the Bible, to look critically at every passage and compare it to this commentary and research this theologian, all of them, a lot of them being old white men from Germany. Um, but that's another conversation. But yeah, I definitely thought I might lose my faith if I keep going deep, which is why I had to pray because I was like, Lord, I'm not trying to do that. So if I don't need to go this deep, stop me now stop me now (laughs) yeah yeah no I think that I think there's a lot of people especially in this day and age who are like deconstructing their faith so I think Mm -hmm. that is a very valid concern there's a lot of people especially young adults who are like digging and then they're like yeah this doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense um which I don't think we'll ever have all the full answers like some of it is getting to a question and then being completely reliant or okay with the fact that you will never know probably until eternity and kind of leaving that with God because there is a level of faith obviously right like it's called the Christian faith for a reason uh but that's a valid concern a very valid concern but I think and what I'm going to tell the people and you're not going to like this is that (laughs) Alexis Monroe is definitely, I feel like, and I, I could be wrong, and God will check me, I guess, later on when we go, but I, I definitely feel like there, there's a definitely a call to preach and, and pastoral ministry within you, and I feel like you know that. You just, you're kind of like Andrea Castillo, I'm going to give her a little shout out, where you just shy away from it. You're just like, ah, I don't know about that. Oh, that's absolutely the lane I take. There's a older girl who I appreciate um, in my program who, when questions like this are asked or like said of her, she's like, I mean, do I want to do that? Not necessarily. Is that something I'm called to do? Yeah. So that's that's how I I feel about it. Of like, there's a lot that goes into it, but I know, I know I'm gifted in like speaking and communicating things. So I know it's out there. It's just, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So, MDiv, and then you got social work. Yep. Why social work? I went to undergrad, actually, when I was at University of South Carolina um, for public relations and advertising. So, I was ready to go out here, be in this world, making all your fire ads, uh, working with all your celebrities, doing X, Y, and Z. And when I graduated from college, I did precisely that. I was working with musicians that were super well-known, working on a food and beverage brand that you see in your local grocery store and you probably have in your fridge right now. But I was unfulfilled. Um, So I started mentoring some high schoolers in Boston. And after three years of mentoring, I was like, dang, I would rather do this full-time than going to my job. And then I started looking at like, what are ways that I can do this and started working for an organization that does nonprofit education work. And that's where I saw all the red tape of like what it takes to serve a kid who may not be your normal, typical kid, what it takes to like serve a kid that has trauma. Um, So it was then when I started looking into what degree would actually allow me to like make the changes that I want to see and that social work. And I like pathways and careers that have a lot of options like advertising. I could do advertising for like shoes, beverages, companies, like whatever I wanted. Social work's the same way. Like I could do it for youth. I could do it for old folks. I could do it for incarcerated folks. I could do it in the hospital. So I like to have options just in case I get bored. There you go. Options are always good. Yeah. I actually, I just learned something new. I didn't know that you did that uh, when you got out of college. Or maybe I I just didn't process it, but like, I didn't know that that's what you did. Yep. That was, I was in, I had the trajectory that like, every student graduating from a marketing advertising student wanted um like and it was a blessing it was definitely a god thing where i was actually at a session today talking about like intuition and following your gut like how i ended up with that job was following my gut in my sophomore year to take a class with a prophet where like the professor wasn't declared yet and that mm-hmm. professor ended up being one of the toughest in the programs but ended up like really taking like taking me on and like teaching me so many things and recommending me for uh kind of like a ward that normally students in my major wouldn't be uh, selected for, but he like saw enough in me that he was like, I think you can get this. And I actually ended up in New York for a week as a most promising multicultural student. Um, touring the pizza in the world? Um, yes, I'll give you that. Um, you this is your podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I was in New York um, at all the big places, all the biggest ad agencies at Google, um, at CNN, Comcast, everywhere, um, and got to interview with these companies. And essentially, I got the dream job of rotating. Like I said, I like options, rotating between different ad agencies, seeing which one I like, and then picking it at the end. Lo and behold, I did not make it to the end of picking it because then I was like, oh, I want to do other, for me, more meaningful work. Like, I think I know people that are still in the industry that are doing top-notch work and like that is definitely their calling. But I know for me, like, I wasn't super fulfilled in doing it. And though I asked for like nonprofit projects and got some on of it, none of it like fed that hunger I had of like, I need to be serving people who like need my help. I made the switch, but it was a fun time. I I took trains to New York at 3 a.m., woke up, walking through the city, setting up venues, talking to reporters. Like, it was the life. And now I get to use those skills for the kingdom. So, double whammy. Yeah, I was literally about to ask that. So, talk about that. Talk about what you do for Impact Church. Shout out to Impact. Shout out to Impact Church. McGlynn Middle School, Medford, Mass. Come through if you're in the area. She just invited y'all to church. (laughs) 
evangelist. She said pastor preacher, you know, I got to invite Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Um, But right now I'm the marketing director at the church um, and help with all things branding, social media, um, outreach. Started my way in production, though. Shout out to the production team um, and really just wanting to serve in the church. And then our pastor saw my like gift for marketing and found out then that I had a degree in it. It was like, oh, you should be leading this team. And I was like, oh, can I tag team it with someone? Because this seems like a lot. And then I tag team it um, for about a year. And now I'm the sole director leading a team. I'll say I'm a growing leader in that sense. I've been a leader in a lot of senses, but this is definitely places like growing and pushing me to like learn how to delegate better, learn how to like teach better, invest in people. So I'm learning how to not do everything on my own, but shout out to marketing. Shout out to marketing. Marvin. Did I disappoint with all the angles that this girl hits? No, I'm still trying to process. That's 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 amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, that's a. Um, I'm just like to, I guess to be. I'm just thinking about everything. Like to be able to do so many things, to be able to be a part of different states and all that stuff. Like I would say, I guess the question that I have is, what's um, what has that showed you or taught you about? uh life like what's the one thing that you can say is, is it has stayed with you meeting so yeah. many different people different cultures different you know uh, states that have their own different way of doing things what's the one thing that i guess you've learned from just kind of being everywhere and doing a little bit of everything yeah um i think it's something that i think i've actually had a conversation with Alyssa about is partially influenced by this theology school that I'm in in particular, because it's very academic and like looking at different views. But I think living in different places, having different careers, um, meeting so many different people like in the States and abroad has shown me that like everyone's story is super valued and it has something to teach Mm -hmm. me. So like, even if it's a thing that I'm at opposition with or a thing that I don't understand or something that I'm like, oh, I'm down with this, like Southern mac and cheese. I know how to do this. But like having someone else's shows me like, dang, I should have been adding a little bit more cayenne or I need to add a little nutmeg. Who would have thought? So all nutmeg. of it is like, that's the secret ingredient. <laughs> nutmeg. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I, I got you on the recipe. You got me a recipe book. I got you. I got you. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's shown me like, there's something that everyone has to give you, no matter how far on a spectrum you are or or how different they may seem on the surface, like getting down to the nitty gritty of like seeing another person as a human and like being able to sit down with them, hear their story regardless is like one of the most beautiful things and has helped me, I think, cross the bridge in a lot of topics that may be like taboo or, or I don't understand sitting down with another person like face to face in their city, in their school, in their region, whatever it may be has shown me like, we all got something to give. So more appreciative of people, I think, is what my experiences have given me. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask this um, kind of talking like you you went from doing marketing and having what seemed like a pretty fast trajectory in that field, right? Pretty quick. Like, seems like you would have been super successful. You were literally talking to some of the top brands and all those things. What would you say to someone who is gifted in the field that they're currently in, but maybe are sensing that they should switch. Cause I feel like that's hard. I feel like it's easy to switch if you feel like things aren't going good for you, but you had everything that you could think of probably at your fingertips 
And so what, what did that look like to be like, I'm gonna switch this up. And what would you tell someone? Yeah. I mean, the, the part of me that's like, just a go getter is like, do it. If your heart is really like, I need to be fulfilled, even though I'm super skilled at this thing, like your heart is going to take you places that your skill can't. So mm. in the sense of like, I'm super skilled at marketing, but my heart is not 1000% in having the best ad campaign. My heart is 1000% in serving a middle schooler who yells at me and tells me that they completely hate me. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. We gonna hug it out. And I'm gonna love you until you understand why you don't actually hate me. Um, it might be 10 years from now, but you won't hate me. But like, that is where I know my heart is. So if you're out there and you're like, ah, but I'm like really good at this, or my family says I should do this. I'll tell y'all when I told my dad, I'm switching industries. He was like, to what? And I said, social working. He's like, they don't make no money. And I was like, oh, I know. And he was like, you don't take a pay cut. And I was like, dad, I'm going to take a pay cut. And I'm that kid where it's like, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Not in the like rebellious kid way, but like when I'm sure about something, I'm sure about something. So regardless of what your family thinks, like go with your heart. People are going to not understand you, but like your heart, when it's aligned with your purpose, with God's purpose, like it's not going to fail you. It might just be a little detour of like, you're going to go work in this industry for a few years, but like it's going to teach you something that staying where you are right now can't teach you. That's good. That's good. Do you feel like your years doing marketing was wasted because you took a, a change? Absolutely not. I know that like there are aspects of my job and my career, like even as a social worker right now, like where I'm interning, where I have those skills to be able to communicate certain things of making a little flyer that's like actually appealing to the eye that would get people to actually donate to the placement. Like, mm -hmm. Those are little things that I would not have if I didn't go to marketing school. I don't. I wouldn't have the skills to like know how to advocate for policies and social work the way mm -hmm. that I do now because of the marketing language and persuasive writing and metaphors and all that. Like I would not have those skills without that education. And also, I wouldn't have the community that I have from the marketing world without having been in that field. Like there are people to this day that I text. I used to work with my whole squad from college. All of us were journalism majors. Like. I would not have those people without that experience. So it wasn't wasted at all. And I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I switched. It's all about timing. That's good. Oh, come on. That's a, that's a, she is, she a pastor. She a preacher. It's all about timing. That's a nugget for y'all. Take that. Run with that. It's all about timing. Marvin got any, any follow-ups? I feel like I've been doing all the talking, so I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you do your thing. No, actually, one of the que uh, she answered one of the questions that I was going to uh, have. Because uh. um, I usually like to say, you know, what would you give, like, what advice you would give to somebody who's, like, young? And you basically, I mean, it all comes she into time, them. I guess. Yeah, you killed yeah. them. I mean, um, yeah, that's, wow. I'm just, I'm just floored. I'm all, I'm in all. Well, yeah, we still trying to pick up our jaws over here, Alexis. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> or should I say Harry Tubman? I'm going to change your name of my phone to Harry Tubman. <laughs> I guess, man, because there's, there's so many things we could hit on that it's just like trying to condense it into one podcast is, is a lot. Um, I guess I would say this. how So you're doing social work. You're doing MDiv. Um, for those of you who can't see her, she is a black woman um, i am five foot so, tall short with natural hair get the there vibe you go. There <laughs> you go. 
I, I feel like we should probably. Uh, this is to Marvin. I feel like we should probably give a little description of what our guests look like. So, <laughs> oh no, we we post a picture on Instagram. Right, right. I was so about to say us, we, we do post <laughs> a follow picture. Follow us on Instagram. But yeah, so so she, so Alexis, you're a black woman. Um, stating yep. the obvious here, right? How do you feel like that plays into MDiv, like theology, the way that you see theology, the way that you are pursuing social work? Hit us, hit us with some of that. Oh, it's all up in and through that. It's one of the things like I can't take off being a black woman. I can't take off mm. growing up in the South. I can't take off growing up in Baltimore. Like none of it is removed from me. So when it comes to theology, it's me prioritizing taking courses like hip hop spirituality, where I learned about like how do you compare MC to like a pastor and how they motivate mm. a crowd and like get them inspired and how do I look at people like Tupac and Lauren Hill as prophets of their time because they were telling things and speaking of things that were happening, but in a way that others were not, um, and speaking in a justice focused way, like those those are things that I prioritize where like it may for other people, the New Testament class or the or the biblical Hebrew learning, the Greek and all that may be what they're there for. It's for me, it's prioritizing classes like that because when I go out into doing social work, into doing ministry, like the people I'm planning to serve care about things like Tupac and Lauren Hill and care about and under understanding what, okay, what is slavery look like in a in the Bible and like what does that mean for me as a black person and what does it mean for me as a black woman to be oppressed by so many systems, working as a social worker, which is a field that is flooded, I'll say, with white supremacist ideas in the way of it's like, we can serve the people and we can fix them. Like, what does it look like for me as a black woman to serve people, but also go against the very institutions that I'm working for? It's it's a lot about being radical and rebellious. Um, I'm very much a like, tear the whole thing down type of person when it comes to like my social work ethics of like, tear down the systems, uh, let them let them burn. Um, but also like rebuilding it in a way where like people are seen and valued. Um, and I think the same way with theology, like how do we teach a gospel? How do we share the faith with people in a way that they see themselves in it and see their brokenness in it and see that like Jesus was justice focused. Like every time I read the Bible, I'm like, yo, how do people talk about this faith and not talk about the justice? Like all up mm -hmm. and through the Bible, it's like, like don't be partial towards the uh, poor or the rich, like don't allow bribes because it's gonna deter your verdict and all things like that, where it's like, yo, if we just follow some of those things like right now in this day and age of like, don't take the word of one witness over three witnesses. Like if we did that in this day and age, we probably might not have as many issues as we do right now. But for me, it's like, I can't separate being black from either of those experiences. So I decide to bring up, bring it, everywhere and like show up full force like people in my theology school people in my social work school like they know i'm black and they know i'm going to bring the black perspective not because i'm trying to push the race card or push any race agenda but like my lived experience in this country is as a black woman so i'm gonna talk about my lived experience that's good that's good mm -hmm. i guess because you are so firm, right, on the things that you believe and where you stand on those things. And if you look at any of the people that we brought up, Miss Harriet Tubman, Miss Rosa Parks, Michelle Obama, right, like, they weren't people, I mean, they're, they're loved by many, but they're also mm -hmm. hated by many. Yes. Um, what do you say to that? Like, 
Is that something that you have found that as you stood firm on some of the things that you believe, or especially the things that you're fighting for your stance on things? I mean, when you were on Instagram, you were making, you know, you know, little like stories about certain things. So I'm sure, you know, have you ever had someone swipe up and be like, yo, shut the heck up? Not necessarily maybe in those words, but you know what I mean? And then what would you say to maybe if that is the case, what would you say to, so it's a two part question. What would you say to those who are maybe coming behind you? And are that's a fear of theirs is as, as they stand firm in some of the things that they believe or as they fight for certain causes, you know, there's that pushback there. Yeah. I mean, as Alyssa likes to say, I'm in good company. Everybody ain't like Jesus. So everybody ain't like Rosa. Everybody ain't like Harriet. A woman that like I love that is not talked about a ton is this woman named Ida B. Wells, who was a journalist. That's why I'm familiar with her, but was a journalist and essentially was writing stories and talking about racism during her time. And there were white supremacists who were burning down her news building. Like she's building an Mm -hmm. empire. They're burning down her building. And she was like, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to go to the South. I'm going to report on these stories. I'm like, I'm going to keep doing what I'm gifted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think part of it is like being sure in yourself of, okay, I know what I'm gifted to do. And also being real with yourself of like, it's going to hurt when people don't like you. But you you create systems and structures for yourself to be like, okay, but these people believe in me. And like, I'm a I'm an affirmation girl. I got sticky notes all over my room, words everywhere. And one of them that I had like in the month of March was, it's okay if not everyone likes me. Like that was literally something I said to myself every morning, not mm-hmm. because I wanted like, not because it was this pride thing of like, oh, everyone does like me and like I want them not to. It's this thing of like, I'm not for everyone. And that's okay. In the same way, they're like, like everyone is not for me. Like there are people that I'm like, yeah, I interact with you. Like you're cool, but like I'm not going out of my way to be like sitting in front of you having coffee for three hours. And that's not disrespect. It's like we're humans and we have interests and preferences. So everybody doesn't have to like me, but what I'm going to do is like reflect the gospel in the way I know how to do it best and like keep growing, keep learning, keep challenging myself. Um, So if that's you of like, I don't know if I can do this because my family's going to reject me or my friends might think like I'm changing up like good change. You should not be the person you were a year ago. Like I tell Mm -hmm. Alyssa all the time, like she met me at like pretty peak mark in my life, like a year ago, way different person and not in a bad way, but like I've grown. So it's okay to grow and change. If you're the same person you were like five years ago, then like check in on yourself. You should be growing, but it's okay. It's okay if not everyone likes you. But make sure that you love everyone. That's the thing we're asked to do. So good. So good. Okay, Pastor. Uh, I think, I mean, you quoted me and I appreciate that. So that people know, you know, thank you for copywriting that. Um, You know, we're grad students. We got to, you know, cite our sources. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I mean, even in that, just to like piggyback off of that, I think one of the things that you told me and this applies to something else but i think it's even applicable to this conversation uh if you guys don't know she you're like a a pretty organized structured like very routine type of person you may have not always been that way but like you said i've met you in the peak of where you're at um so that that's what you do and we we've had conversations with you know other friends and people and you've definitely helped me in that area and one of the things that you told me that made it easier for you to continue to do some of the hard things right like maybe waking up early 
or you know drinking water which you 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 need to keep doing more of um yeah i'm only at 17 percent today yeah if there's a fault that. in alexis i mean there's it's, i'm sure it's dehydration there, there's faults but dehydration is one of them okay? <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah one of the things that you told me was that what pushes you to continue to do some of the hard things and one of the things that i needed to look at was looking at the benefits Mm-hmm. And I think that's applicable to even this, right? Like some people may not want to do certain things or fight for certain causes because they're like, man, like, you know, I'm going to get hated on for this. Or, you know, if I switch up my career choice, you know, my parents are going to be like, what the heck is wrong with you? But there's mm-hmm. benefits attached to some of the hard decisions that you have to make that they're not here right now. But if you can kind of channel them mm-hmm. and look at them and be like, yo, when I make this decision or I do this thing, there's this that's going to come out of it. I think that you're more likely to push forward and do what you need to do and fight for the cause that you want to fight for. So that's just your knowledge right back, right back out there for the people. You said um, it way better than I did. Hey, <laughs> you know, what is it? It's like you, um, you give to like the people under you and then like they go and do it better. Is that it's like yeah. a saying, right? Or like a thing. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, you pour yeah. out to people and then they go and do it better. So that, that's all we're doing out here. <laughs> um, we're just doing that. Uh, Marvin, I'll give you any last question or thought before we yeah we wrap this up. Um, yeah, I actually have a two-part question. The first one is obviously, you know, learning about so much that you do, so much that you've done, things that you've been a part of. At what age growing up did you decide, like, this is the route I'm going to take? Or was there someone or something that inspired you to be like, this is how I want to be, this is how I want to you know, um, and, um, I guess, you know, after answering that, the second question would be, what would you, cause obviously now is a different time, um, for, you know, the generation, different generation, different time. So now we're very much into social media and kind of like just, uh, looking at the people that's already made it right rather than like now we're talking about the podcast somebody who's going through the journey and and what that looks like so what would you tell the people also or any young person now who you know wants to do um or follows kind of like the same path so you're like what should they keep their eye on knowing that nowadays is all about what's already kind of like done yeah um i i think i made my decision when it came to marketing in high school. Uh, I, I was like in a marketing club in high school. And we we kind of had like majors in my high school. So I was like doing marketing all throughout high school competing. And like, when I look back on it, I'm like, I don't know why I was this kid that was like, yeah, I want to travel and do a state marketing competition and like give the best campaign ever. Um, but I was that kid. So shout out to Decca. Um, but that's when I kind of decided my marketing path and i think i knew ministry would tie into it probably around the 10th grades my pastor would do those like altar calls of like do you feel like you're like led to ministry like that was one that he would do and i think one time i went up there but all the other times i was like nope nope not gonna do it to the extent that we had a very active youth ministry that on the fourth sunday of every month a young person preached and i was in my senior year and i was like i hadn't done it and i was like Bet I didn't skate it by. I'm out of here. I won't have to do it. And the month I was graduating, my pastor was like, Yes, I want you to do this as your like graduation gift to the church. And I was like, No. <laughs> um, but even in the midst of that, like I was doing so much and it felt comfortable. It felt natural. It felt like what I should be doing. So I think in those times I knew 
those two paths. Um, when I was like a little kid, I was like, I'm gonna be a teacher, but yeah, I let that go. Um, so that was like kind of where I all started. Um, but when it comes to the whole like you can you can make the quickest buck, you can become an influencer and have the the lifelong dream of whatever house, apartment, car you want, like it's few and far between. Like that that is not the reality of a ton of people. And I don't say that to down those influencers who have made it because they've worked hard. Um, but I think if you wanna follow a path that is meaningful to you, then keep doing what's meaningful for you in the moment. At every step I was always like, okay. What do I want to be doing in this point of time? Like in college, I was like, okay, I want to be the president of the Association of Black Journalists. So I made that my mission. And when I moved to Boston, I was like, I want to get connected with other young professionals. So I started mentoring in a program that connected me with young professionals. Like you're always going to be doing the right thing if you're doing the thing that's meaningful you, meaningful for you in the moment. So yes, plan ahead, have something to like live for and like work towards, but don't let it be the image or idea that like the world has given you of what success looks like. I think for me, like that's, I define success, but like what, what does Alexis think success is for some people? That's like, I, I mean, for all of us young Christians, at some point we thought like 22 married with kids, a car and a house. <laughs> and then we became 22 and we we're like, ha jokes on me. And I'm at this point where I'm like, whoa, for me in my life, success does not look like that. And I'm glad it doesn't because it's given me the opportunity to do different things. Um, so I think create your own idea of success. Don't let the world give it to you. That's good. Come on, pastor. Come on. That's good. I, I know you said, uh, you wanted to be a teacher, but yeah. I think you teach it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's good. Yo, so many gems in this podcast. Um, Alexis definitely did not come to disappoint today. People, she came to give you her all and she's doing it. Um, and shout out to me and Marvin for asking the questions because, you know, <laughs> just joking. Great questions. That's what y'all get paid to do, as Alyssa says. <laughs> that's what we get paid to do. Paid what? I don't know, but that's what we get paid to do. Yo, the hey, sponsors from, are coming. From what, <laughs> Come I, from on, somebody. what I've learned from Alexis, we getting paid an experience. So Come on, somebody. Yeah, Come on, somebody. Well, we always say we're going to keep this podcast for 45 minutes, but I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I really don't think it is. Um, Alexis... Any last words for the people before we have we have one small game that I really do want to play with you um, yeah. to, to wrap this whole thing up. But is there anything you want to say before we move on to this game? I'm going to give you the floor. Oh, the floor. Wow. Um, I would say in everything, just like be yourself. Like it takes us a long time to figure out who we want to be and why we want to be that person. But once you figure it out, like stick to it. And the people who love you will love you even harder because you found that. The people who don't, that's okay. Like I said, mm. you don't have to be liked by everybody. But when you get that core group of people that like support you and love you, when you are yourself in every arena, every space, like when you're unapologetic, people are attracted to you because they can see that you're not putting on a front. So like, my wow, wow, this is like full circle moment. The sermon I gave that I just mentioned when I was a youth was like about taking your mask off. And that's literally the words I almost just said. So there's the Lord, but like, Take off your mask, just be yourself, be authentic, and it'll come. Everything you want will come if you just stay true to yourself. So good. So good. You Thank go. you for that. Thank you for that. There, there's some wisdom dropped for you guys, for us. I'm taking that. I'm holding on to that. But that being said, we're going we gonna, we gonna to close this out with a little game, a little game wow. I like to call Red Flags. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> 
So this is a game that I actually we played this once before. I think with Jeremy Catry on here. Um, I have five scenarios. So let me explain this game. This is a game that I found on another podcast. I was listening. Shout out to them. I would give the name, uh, but I don't remember it to be honest. So I'm sorry about that. But I I do give credit. I am citing my source. I just don't know the source at this moment. <laughs> uh, but it's a game. All right. I came up with these scenarios though on my own. So pretty much, I'm gonna give you two positive things about this person. And then I'm going to give you one red flag and you're going to tell me if you can date this person or not. <laughs> Does that make sense? Clear as day. Okay. And then Marvin, we could just switch it um, from this being about a guy to it being about a female. And you could tell me if you could date said person. Okay. And I'm guessing you're going to answer that too, right? I, I will. I will. Okay. I will. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's five scenarios. Here's the first one. Okay. So this person has the best style in the world. I mean, the flyest person on earth. Ooh, down to sneakers, okay? Um, and all your friends and family like love them. Like they love them, they adore them. They're like, yo, this is this is the best person. This is the person for you. But this person can't keep a job. They change jobs almost every three months. That's the red flag. Can you date them? I mean, they've got the best style. That your family and friends love them. Like they're already a part of the family, but they can't keep a job. They change jobs every three months. Uh, who wants to go first who wants to go first i can go first i'm like i'm a technicalities person sadly it's like if they can't keep a job because like i don't know it's hard i was gonna say because if it's like they're just like looking for something different i might say yeah instead of like if you keep getting fired like if you keep getting fired there's some character wrong there it's a mixture it's a mixture i'll say that they get fired from some and then other ones they're like yeah this is not this is not for me i'm gonna find something else Ah, no, because I'm a commit person. I'm like, although I do many things, I'm committed to all the things I do. And I'm going to need you to commit just as hard. And if you can't do that, nah. Okay. Nah. Uh, I respect it. I respect it. Marvin? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll say that's, uh, I guess, a red flag. Um. I had the same question. I'm like, is this because you can't keep a job? Is it because something's going on? But the first thing that popped in my head is, is if you you know, all about switching jobs and switching and, and not being committed to a job. I might be going too far, but I'm like, maybe you're not going to be committed to me either. Maybe no, I thought that too. Like, oh, I'm out of here too. Yikes. So, I thought that too. Yikes. So you're, you're, you're saying I'm not dating this person. That's a dub. It's a dub. That's a dub. I'm going to go with the same thing. I didn't even think about that they might not be committed to me. I was dubbing them because my thing is like, I'm dating you. If I'm dating you at this point in my life, I'm dating you for the future, right? Like I'm dating you to hopefully see something uh, develop and happen. And um, brother, what you going to pay for if if you can't keep a job for three months? Like, I mean, I'm all about supporting myself and, and, but you know, it takes two and I I can't, I can't do that. But Hey, that's a nugget drop for you guys. If uh, the person that you're with can't keep a job, uh, Cause they ain't committed. Maybe they ain't committed to you. So watch your back. Jeez. All right. <laughs> Number two. So their family adores you. Like you have the best relationship with their entire family. Like you besties with their siblings, their parents love you. Like this is like a second family to you. And they're probably the funniest person you've ever met. Like you guys die of laughter all the time, but said person is terrible at communication. Can you date them? <laughs> so they're they're bad at communicating, but yeah, they just they don't, they don't communicate. You're you're really close to their family, and yeah. they're the funniest person in the world. Those are the two green flags. The red flag is they're terrible at communication. Can you date them? 
And and do you need do you need a, a, a like me to break down with terrible at communication? Or like do you guys? Oh, bad is bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just really bad at communication. Like you're just like yo. I, what the heck are you I feeling? I mean, I have right an now? answer, but Alex, if you want to go first. Uh, no, nah, Marvin, you take it. <laughs> honestly, the way I look at it is um, I wouldn't be able to date the person. I mean, ultimately, I'm not dating the family. I'm dating the person. So mm. at the end of the day, I might be cool with the family, right? And it might, it might suck, but um, like, I guess to no longer be around the family. Uh, but when it's all said and done, it's not going to be me, me living with them. It's going to be with the person. So if there's no communicating there, it's not going to go that far anyways. There you go. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Um, as a social worker, a oh, lot, God. like I spend time in class learning how to communicate effectively with people. So like my standards are really high. So I know I have to bring it down to like normalcy, but like yeah. if you're at bad in general, nah, terrible. like we, we terrible. No, we, we got to talk it out. And if you like, uh, I don't know, like if you're willing to learn and you can show that like off rip, maybe in the talking stage like all these talking dating stages like ah, it's complicated but like they're like can we go out you know these two good things about them you know this one bad thing it's a wrap you're like no no nah, because when going gets tough if you shut down and you don't know how to like bounce back from that shutdown or like communicate how you feel where am I? What am I going to do with it? I would just be sitting there looking at you, looking at me, looking like two big Barneys, as Medea <laughs> said, and I'm not Barney. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, um, I think I, I feel the same way. I think we could be friends. We could be really good friends because if you don't want to communicate, I feel like there's just, as, as Alexis likes to say, there's tears of friendship. And so you could be on tier number three. You ain't got to be on tier number one. So we could be friends, but I don't know if we would necessarily like be in a relationship romantically because I'm the type of person... I like to talk and what I've learned about myself is that if I feel like I'm communicating and the other person is not communicating back, I tend to over communicate and that's not going to be good for you or me because you're going to get tired of me real quick. <laughs> so, but if I'm in a, in a relationship or even in a friendship where two people are communicating, then it's very easy for me to not feel like I need to over communicate. So I'm going to just over communicate him to death and he going he gonna to hate me. So it's going to end anyways. <laughs> All right, next one. So far, nobody's getting dated around here. We have some high standards. <laughs> so this person is the most attractive person you've ever met. I mean, you see them and you're like, my God, my God. You know, this is like, I think of the most beautiful person you've ever thought of. That's this person times 10. Okay. Marvin, this is Andre for you. Okay? Right. right. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about nobody else. But... There you go. Exactly. You better say that louder. Say it with your chest. <laughs> um, most attractive person you've ever seen. And you guys have the same taste in like music, movies, like leisure activities. Like you guys just click. Like mm. when you get in the car, you guys are vibing, bopping to the same music. You love the same movies. But this person has multiple baby mamas or baby daddies. Multiple. Yo, guys, I, I'm telling you guys right now, we are <laughs> going to bring visuals to the podcast because both of their faces dropped. Like they were set on dating this person, they dropped. <laughs> oh, I'm not immediately gonna say red flag in the sense of like, if you have, let's call them healthy. I won't say good, healthy relationships with those people. The multiple is hard. Dang, if you said one, now I'm tripping over. I'm saying words. like three uh, at, at minimum. At minimum, three. Three baby. at minimum. So we'll, we'll go oh, on what three? Like three. I have to ask why. Why? Like what's going on? <laughs> or three baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> no, but like I'm saying, like that's the thing is that you guys don't get to have conversations about this. Like this is like, like I got. Are you gonna date this person? Yes or no? Like you have to decide right now. They're like, date me or I'm walking away. Like, but don't think of it. That I want to date if someone. If someone gave me that standard, I'd be like, I gotta go. No, when I say date, <laughs> I mean like you are with them. Not so, one day. You are with them. But it's not like you're going to stay with active, them. You're just dating. Right. Dating. Like, I, I got the choice to leave, right? I uh, know you have the choice to leave right now, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not dating. This is either you're going to be with them for life or Okay, not. you're not going to get married but. to them, but, like, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to continue a relationship with them. This is not like yeah. I'm going on one date. This is like I'm going to be with them at least for a couple months, a year. I'd give it a shot. I would, too. Like, who knows? Like, they could have been wilding in college, but now, you know. Whether well, they could be saved and sanctified or <laughs> right, there you go. Who knows? got a story. Um, that part, I'm in the middle because I feel like if someone has multiple baby mamas, that means you have three kids, right? So let's say they have three baby mamas, they at least have three kids, they could mm-hmm. have twins, they could have four or five, right? <laughs> um, I just feel like then you're going to be expecting one of two things you're not going to want any kids, and then now that's something like in the future because you've had your set of kids. Or on the flip side of that, you're going to be expecting me to have kids sooner rather than later so that our kids can grow up together. And those are not necessarily pressures that I want on my life. So for me, I'm going to say no. I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. You're a great person. We can be friends. That's going to be my standard for all these guys. We can be friends. You friend zoning everybody. Not everybody. We'll see. (laughs) Oh, we got two more. Here's the second one um, or the fourth one. He is the kindest and most respectful person you've ever met or she. Like, they're just the kindest person, so respectful. Like, everyone is like, yo, this person's so nice. Like, how'd, how'd you end up with Alexis? How'd you end up with Martin? Like, they're just so nice. And they're probably the greatest listener in the world. Like, when you talk, they, like, listen to you. Like, your feelings, you never feel like you're not hurt. You know you're hurt. But your family hates them. For why? I don't know why. Because they're a great person. But your family can't stand them. Like, Alexis, you have, what, four sisters? Three sisters? More than that. Like oh, more seven, sisters? I think. Yeah, yeah, all of them. They can't stand this person. Your dad can't stand him. Your mom can't stand him. Can't stand is a little harsh, but you know what I mean. Like, they just like, I don't really know if I want you to I feel it. like, based on what you're saying, I feel like this person is almost, like, amazing, great, right, and nothing. It's almost like, I feel like my family would hate her, not because it's like, yo, it's too good to be true. Where's the little dirt? You know, like, where's the mm. little, I don't know. Like, I think that's the only way. Like, how can you hate somebody who's so, like, well-mannered well, I mean, and well-this and so-this and it's like. Yeah, maybe they maybe they just don't think you're compatible. Someone could be super kind and super nice yeah. and be a good listener, but it doesn't mean they're the person for you. Would you be able to date them? That's tough. I'll go first this time since y'all think <laughs> I'm going to say for me, I would give it a shot. And hope that my family turns around, right? Because if I feel like this person is really... Because at the end of the day, this person is also not doing anything. I would hope to make my family hate them more because they are a respectful, kind person. So every time they come around, they're going to be respectful and kind. They're a great listener. Um, so I would try because at the end of the day, going back to what Marvin said before, my family's not marrying him or, or going to be with him. I am not married. Well, it's a little, it's a little extra. <laughs> my family's not going to be with that person. I am. Um, and I mean, shout out to my family, but they also live four hours away. So it's like, they ain't gonna have to see that person consistently. Anyway, it's gonna be holidays and stuff like that. I think though, that if it continued, I would have to drop them eventually. Cause I think that would put a lot on me. 
every holiday, imagine just trying to get some turkey and everybody is just like awkward because they just hate that person you with. It's just like, damn. So, but I think I would give it a try. Yeah. I, oh gosh. It's like my younger sister that I'm closest with. Like if she doesn't like him, she ah, good grief. Like me and her FaceTime like every day. So if he going to be around it every time she can be like, ah, I'm hanging up, like that's a lot. But I think I take your approach, Alyssa. Like hopefully they'll come around to liking this person because mm. to be a great listener, I be talking. So like that's a top 10 that's quality. What so that's what I'm saying. I need a good listener. Yeah. If yeah. you're listening out there. If you listening real good right now, hit me up. I'm kidding. Yeah. Don't hit me up. Hit her up, please. I got you. Um, I got my phone number for you. Hit me up. I'll, I'll, ah! I'll get it to I'm. I'm gonna try it out. I'm a date. I'm a date. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like I'm thinking, like Alexis said, her sister. I'm thinking, like, yo, what if my brother didn't, you know. Um, which it means a lot, like, but it's, you know, to me, my brother was you know, to, like, you trying to go to Rochester, and he's like, don't bring her. Yeah, that's crazy. That would be like, that would, that would, it really would, it, it really does mean a lot, like, what he thinks, what he says. But, um, I would still give it a shot. Um, and we're just gonna see what happens. I mean, either they're gonna have to get with it, or some, we're not gonna be together. One of them's gonna happen, but like, you, like you said before, right? Like, when, when, the, when it was the other way around. Um, I'm not dating the family, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it would also, I feel like the question to her, like, would she be willing to put up with it? Because mm-hmm. she's the one who's yeah. going to have to deal with that. know yeah. that my family doesn't like her. I don't have a problem and I don't even have a problem that they have a problem, but would she be able to be okay with that? So kind of that's putting a, that's a good point. back on her, her court. That's a good point. So Marvin said, I'll date you, but you are you sure? That's what he said. Okay. That's real. I put this last one in here because I think this one is hilarious, okay? So I'm going to really talk to this person up and then I'm going to give you the red flag. So they love Jesus. We all Jesus-loving people here. Like, they love Jesus. Like, you, they be on in worship on their knees, like, just calling out to the Lord God Almighty. The one, okay? the one. The one, yeah, yeah. They, they, your family likes them, you like their family. And all your goals match to a T. Like when you think of the future and like, this is what I would like, you know, my life to look like. They're like, yo, same. Exactly. 100%. I'm scared. Same. No, don't be scared. It's, it's hilarious as heck. Because I'm trying to think of this person. I'd be pissed. <laughs> but they think you're the lucky one. Do you get what that means? <laughs> like they think you're lucky to have them. Not the other way around. Wow. And, and it's it's evident, like you know that they think that they, you're the lucky one. Like they they would never say, "Yo, I'm so lucky to be with you." Like they like he think you. He got yeah. lucky. Why we got? That's crazy. Yeah, he got lucky got getting me. Oh, um, depends on how frequently they say it. Because energy like that, uh, like uh, if all the time I'm like, "Yes, I get it. I'm lucky." Like. If I got to do that all the time, that's a lot. If it's like every now and then, like, I don't know. If they don't think they're lucky with me, like, what do you think? I'm chopped liver? I'm great. I'm a great no, human being. You know, you know you're a dope person, but they're just like, but I'm top tier, baby. Like, when you got me, you got Jesus' right hand. Like, oh, you yeah, got me. <laughs> if I have flags right now, I'll be like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, all I could think of is 
if it's that top tier and is that like you know you, you know you you think you're all that in a bag of chips like i don't think there'll be one ounce of you appreciating me because it's, mm-hmm. it would never be it's it's me like i'm the one who did you know i'm the one who did this i'm i made your life better whatever it is i could just think of right mm-hmm. now and um I don't know. Uh, even even that questions like, are you really a like Jesus lover? Like I don't know. <laughs> that part. No, no, but they love they love Jesus. They really do. It's just well, then there's a lot of work just, to be just, done, just and you ain't gonna date me. It ain't gonna be they're me. They're still in their me. sanctification <laughs> process. Yeah, they're still getting sanctified. Nah, I will probably say no. Nah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna go somewhere else. Oh, so hopefully you make somebody else's life way better. Yeah. Alexis. Yeah, I think I'm gonna pass on this one because. Yeah. No, you just think you're so. Uh, yeah, you gotta think I'm great too. At the same level of like, I think that like I definitely think I'm a catch. But in the same way, I'm like, there's someone else who's like amazing and like you. You gotta the same way I think you're a catch. You gotta think I'm a catch. It's about equality out here, you know? Equality when it comes to how much you think I'm great. Like if you're not looking at Alexis, like, dang, you a catch. Do you really do you really want to be with me? That's my take. So I'm a I'm a pass on the on this one. That's a that's a red flag on the play. I respect it. I think I would pass too. I think the first time they tell me, "Yo, you're really lucky," I think I would laugh. I th- I think I would think it was a joke. Because <laughs> I don't too. know anybody who's self confident that would actually say that out loud. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you yeah. really got lucky with me. Oh, you meant that. Like <laughs> then that really tells me how you actually feel about yourself. Yep. And I feel like also I, I wouldn't be able to trust them because if you really think you that popping, then I feel like you think I would stay with you through anything because I really got lucky with you. So mm. it's like you would just be doing everything and anything and then expect me to be like still with you. And what does that say about me? Like, mm-mm. so Good point. yeah, I, I'm gonna pass on that. But that was red flags. I think I only dated one person within that entire thing. <laughs> uh, high Same standards here. over here. But high I mean, standard. not not because it was high standards, just because. I mean, those are significant red flags, I think. Absolutely. Significant red flags. Well, that being said, guys, that is episode three of Ann Coolis. Uh, we said 45 minutes. It definitely wasn't 45 minutes, but we were just having so much dang fun. So I apologize to the people. Break this up in two podcasts if you need to. Like, listen to half of it one way, half of it the other way. Okay. But yeah. Marvin, any last words for the people? Um, I think this, uh, I'm, I'm just excited. Um, Alexis, thank you for saying yes and being here. I think we've all learned so much. I've learned a lot, um, you know, just through your journey and through your lenses. And I guess, uh, you know, to, to our, to our listeners, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. And, um, like we said before, you know, fill up those comments and, uh, give your thoughts. And I, what was it that we said earlier? The best pizza. The let's pizza. not forget. Yeah. Pizza. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you go and drop that in the comments, Best Pizza. We're going to be putting uh, Alexis's uh, IG in the, what is it called? In the in the memo part, in the description part, as well as me and Marvin's and Ann You got to, like, tag that pizza company if they have Yeah. No, don't yeah. tag, don't tag Oh, them. yeah, they might sponsor me. I'll take <laughs> that. Yeah. There you go. Oh, boy. You know what? I'll send y'all a sponsorship, though. I got y'all on the phones. Yeah, you know what? There you go. Otto's Pizza, if you're listening to this, if you do listen to this, and you bring me a pizza for free, I might become a believer. I'll try it. I'll try it out. 
but I really don't think that it's better than New York <laughs> City. But hey, if it's gonna get me a sponsorship, I'll say whatever you want me to say. <laughs> um, and aside from that, guys, like, just go love people. Put some nutmeg in your mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, eat some pizza. Look out for the red flags out there. Uh, remember that that the person's lucky to have you too. You're just not lucky to have them. Okay, <laughs> that's a healthy relationship. Equality, in the words of Alexis. And that being said, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. We love you guys, and we will talk to you soon. Peace out. Peace.